0: Good morning. So I think that we'll get lots more people wandering in. Um, You'd be delighted to know I have no speeches or anything, I just want two sentences. Um, I'm Noel, I'm Director of Visual Artists Ireland and I want to welcome everyone here today. Um, As most of you have seen, this is our biggest year yet. We have over 80 to 100 more tickets sold, so people coming than we have had in previous years. Um, It's quite amazing for us in our seventh year. But the one thing that we always say to everyone is, relax, you're amongst friends here. There's nobody here that's not part of our world. So this is a place where you can be yourself, make new friends, (laughs) try not to make too many enemies. (laughs) And uh, you will get as much out of it as you want and as you give yourselves. So I want to say thank you for the day. Rob is our uh, Northern Ireland manager, and Rob is going to be looking after introducing everyone here in the first session. So if you see me wandering around and you want to chat, uh, just the fright in my eyes is uh, you know trying to remember everyone's name. So you're welcome. Thank you, Noel.
1: So as Noel said, my name's Rob Hilkin, I'm the Northern Ireland manager for Visual Artists Ireland and I'd like to welcome you all here to the Great Hall for what will be a really interesting and diverse and exciting day of talks. Um, We have three panel discussions today and um, 12 artists talking about their work Um, sorry, 8 artists talking about their work. Our first panel this morning is tentatively titled um, curating Ireland new ways of working. We probably use that as a starting point for discussion. So I'd like to welcome our, our panelists. Um, if, you take, uh, if you'd like to take your seats. So I'd like to welcome Mary Kremen, director of Void Gallery in Derry-Londonderry, um, Matt Packer, director of EVA International, uh, Daniel Birmingham, uh, di- director of Basic Space, and uh, Jenny Horton, public art coordinator at Grange Gorman. Um, and I'll hand over to you.
2: Great. Thanks, everybody, for coming. It's a bit of an early start for all of us. Um, We're going to just start the conversation. We've been having a conversation online about um, the curator's role um, in terms of giving artists opportunities. Um, And we're all coming from different backgrounds. Um, I'd worked as a freelance curator for a long time and within different institutional contexts. And Matt um, is now the director of EVA, but also came from an institutional context as well in the Glucksman um, And Daniel has been working as a, with a basic space, an artist collective, but also as an independent curator. And then Jenny also uh, is working as a public arts program uh, in DIT, but has extensive experience in terms of establishing uh, Temple Bar Gallery and studios and working in different contexts. So uh, we thought it was quite interesting um, just to talk about that uh, notion of... Um, what is the curator's role? Um, I guess we all agreed when we were talking online that um, we didn't really see our role as creating opportunities for artists, um, that we saw it as something much more kind of collaborative uh, or creating relationships between artists and curators. Um, So perhaps if we could begin the conversation there, maybe Matt, you want to take it from there?
3: Ah, um, hello everyone. Um, um, Yeah, so, I think, I, th- I, th- I think some of the conversation that we were having that, m- that Mary has just alluded to was, was based on this idea of understanding that the cur- curator was more than just a facilitatory role. That as curators working with artists, we're not just about making artists' dreams come true or not. Um, it's not simply about kind of resourcing projects and... Um, uh, really following the artist's lead in a kind of straightforward sense that the role of the curator and I, I guess in my own professional life m- my kind of prime examples of working relationships have been much more, much more collaborative and, um, I hope that's nothing to do with me
1: <laughs>
3: um, m- much more collaborative and I guess um, you know, when you, when you begin working with an artist, often the outcome is quite uncertain, and the, 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 you know, the artistic outcomes are quite uncertain. And there's space within the project, uh, and, and a certain kind of porousness within the project for a, for a, for a, for a curatorial support, which extends to the, the, the kind of shape of the artwork itself. So I suppose, you know, when we began sort of thinking about, you know, the, the relationship between curators uh, and artists, it was certainly important for me that we understood that the, the curatorial role is, is, is much more uh, is much more than facilitatory it's actually much more collegiate it's, uh, it's much more mutual and and it re- and it requires a sort of mutual trust on, on, on the parts of both artists and curators um, I think it's just worth also saying something very very general. Um, about the shape of curatorial practice and getting, giving an understanding of where that's come from, I mean curatorial practice, and the curator, as we kind of understand them, is a, you know, within contemporary art is, is a relatively recent phenomenon. I mean it, it really has only existed in the way that we understand it for the past thirty years and it's existed uh, it came into existence precisely because the institutional authorities um, that were kind of unaccountable. Um, it It became an untenable position. So institutions and museums and people that were responsible for telling the stories of art history and progressing artistic developments, they they needed to allow different voices to that to that table. And it was important that art history is understood not as a kind of an authoritative singular narrative, but one that is kind of quite porous. That, 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 that has the contribution of multiple voices, voices that often contradict one another, and so we have within the shape of curatorial practice um, already a sense of delineation, a sense of um, 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 I guess like a, se- a sort of sense of subversion, and that 's often been led by um, a, a, a kind of mutuality between between curators and artists. Um, that's, I mean, that's, my, that's my opener anyway, but um, perhaps I'll pass the baton on to Daniel.
4: I'll have my own baton, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose um, I was quite surprised that I was invited to this panel, and so thank you very much for that. Um, I suppose I still feel I'm relatively new as a professional curator. I've only been in the field about two years, and that is quite tentative for me and I still feel a certain unsureness, and I think that um, has um, shaped how I make work. But when you said about uh, curating not being solely uh, facilitatory, I, I feel my practice is. That right. um, my, I, my, the main goal of my practice is to undermine my own authorship and to um, work with artists who may not necessarily get to show work in certain spaces, in certain geographies, particularly uh, queer and disabled artists, and kind of create spaces... Oh, there we go again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It might not like curators. Um, But I think, for me, um, the role of the curator, for me, is to establish um, spaces for... um, communities that may not have access to these spaces. And I think that is a continuing development in Ireland at the moment, it may be slightly delayed. Um, So I'm gonna listen for a little bit more, I think, because I'm gonna, you're people I look up to, so I'm gonna pass it on to Jenny, and I might continue later.
5: Thank you very much, um, Donald. I, I'm a coordinator, I work with artists. I have worked with artists for 35 years. I've no intention of changing that. I suppose at times I curate, uh, I've never actually called myself a curator. Um, I'm sure you're all familiar with the book by Paul O'Neill in uh, 2012, The um, Culture of Curating and the Creating of Culture. I think it's a very important book um, for us to be informed by. Um, So I think some of you are taking notes. So it's called The Culture of Curating and the Creation of Culture, and it kind of brings out that antagonism between um, artistic autonomy and um, curatorial um, intervention. Um, There is that tension always. Um, So um, I think the overarching topic for today was Curating Ireland. And I've had the pleasure of working with, I think, a number of artists here, but throughout Ireland, but also abroad. Um, but prior to that, I really learned uh, about the the wide ranges of um, disciplines and um, focus in New York in the late 1970s, which is going to show my age, and 1980s, you know, when there was the... the um, you know, public art, uh, public art documentation and distribution pad and Cathy uh, Acker in town and so on. So really, um, uh, my life has been working with artists outside of the walls, not consciously outside of the walls, but largely outside of the walls. So I'm really coming from a situational context or framing. Um, and I can talk about uh, Grange-Gorman, which is uh, an urban quarter in Dublin a little bit later. But uh, I think uh, for me, the sort of, I think where Paul O'Neill's book, it tends to focus on creating exhibitions and the history of creating exhibitions. That is, is a, a tangential or, or, or a sideline to um, developing a relationship with artists and then with their work. So being a, both an, a, an actor and a witness um, and perhaps a co-producer at times, uh, in this process. Uh, so I'm just going to throw that in. Um, I have the joy of not working in walls or between walls. Thank you.
2: I guess that's, that's what was important, um, I think for this panel, because there's a diversity of practice as well. Um, like for Matt, for work, you've just started uh, being director of EVA. Um, and how do you see that working in terms of creating opportunities for artists like let's say through the open call process that you have. Um, is that something that uh, the curators that you invite to be part of Eva, are they quite open to that? Or do they see that as something that um, it's kind of a bit prohibitive in terms of their own vision of what Eva would be?
3: Well, the first thing I would say is that um, the open call mechanism that, that has been part of Eva since its existence, back uh, since, from, since the beginning of uh, 1977, is not the only opportunity that we create for artists. And indeed, um, we need to be clear perhaps about what we mean by oppo- opportunity. Um, but just to talk about the open call, the, the, the open call um, was, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm kind of relatively new in the uh, in, in, in the job uh, at EVA, and I've been looking through some of the early catalogues. And in the early catalogues, they explicitly They explicitly define the invitation of the guest curator as a way of connecting artists that were working in the relative isolation of Ireland at the time, in the 1970s and early 80s, with an international art world. And the open call mechanism was, of course, a way in which those two things could be brought together. The artists within Ireland would be, I mean, the suggestion is, be picked up by by international curators and their, their careers would be, would, would be transformed as a result. I think over time that has changed and obviously become much much more nuanced and it's, it's, it's changed for a number of reasons. One is that Ireland's own cultural and economic confidences have changed since the 70s and its relationship to the kind of international has changed. The international itself has changed and I think people are much more suspicious now and quite rightly so in my opinion of anything like an international narrative of, of, of art, and the, the, you know, the, 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 this 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 sort of singular idea of an international art world is a kind of corrupt um, and un, unstable notion. So the open call, although it's been kind of it, it, it's continued in name uh, and you know f, um, up up until the present day, it has kind of changed as a result of I guess like broader discursive changes. Both in Ireland and internationally, it still functions that, in addition to the guest curator um, directly inviting artists to, to present works or develop projects in the biennial, that that we that, that we advertise an open call process that is available to artists both in Ireland and international and internationally to submit their works and submit their proposals, and those proposals are then uh, are then uh, assessed. We receive over 3,000 applications through the open call process, um, and to, to scale that against the, the total number of artists that have participated, or that typically participate in the Biennial, in the, in the, in the, in the last three editions, it's been about 50, 55 artists. So that, 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 that's, the, that's, broadly speaking, the kind of process. Um, and I think it, 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 it has worked, and it hasn't worked. And we're going through a process now, uh, uh, myself and, uh, and the board and our advisory uh, panels, to, to, to really rethink about that as a set of opportunities for artists. There's something I like about the open call, the open call in general. It kind of blows things open, you know, and it, it, it means that curators aren't sort of... Channeled by kind of existing or known networks that they might be conscious of or even unconscious of. Um, I like the open call because it's um, it's quite a sort of flat. You know, there's a sort of an even there's an even hierarchy to it. It doesn't really matter how good your website is. It doesn't really matter how well you necessarily describe your practice. Your work is seen, kind of. You know on, on, in in the same ways and through the same processes uh, as other artists, but it 's also I think quite um, quite a precarious process too um, Jenny wants
5: to add okay sure. i i, want to, I want to I want to just stop at that for a moment <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um, because I, I I suppose I come from a human rights background, um, and <clears throat> I think that the open call needs teasing out um because the idea that 3,000 people are applying for something <laughs> and very few get chosen, I'm not sure how flat that is. Um, we tried to do something different, and I, I think this is what we all need to do, is, is try things differently. And you know, with every due respect to, to the tremendous history of, mm. of Eva, um, uh, what we did in, in, in Grains 1, one pathway we chose was we... And we've had, I think, 35 people involved in different juries or selection panels. And those are people drawn from different uh, sectors in the community. And they become the selectors. Now, what happens is, and we're trying to um, subvent the sort of... You know the Arts Council system where you have to apply and there's peer panels, and that's terrific, that's fine. But because we're working in context in a community of long-living people, um, from many walks of life, really, we, we develop panels of five people. So, DIT, HSE, residents, uh, activists in the area, and curators on the panel. Um, and it's their job to meet with those that want to engage. So, there's no paperwork. They literally come to the meeting and have a conversation with those five people. And we've done this, uh, we did round one, and then round two, and we've gone to round four. And I know there's one or two people in the room. I'm not saying this is the best process, but to me, this is another form of active democracy. And my goodness me, we need to be actively creating democracy. So it's been an experiment that we've been trying, and I I, I think in a way we can critique it, but it's it's just, um, you know, it's interesting that you're, you're reviewing what you're doing. Um, uh, and there's, there's, a, there's a very early engagement, because what the panel are doing is assessing the intent, and it's not just the artist that comes to that five-person panel, it's the people that they
2: are working with. So
5: I just want to leave it at that, just to posit other ideas here
2: today. But I guess with Eva, you're, when people do the open call, they're responding to is very specific Brief, normally,
3: yeah. right? It's not always that specific. I mean, it's, it's it's quite general. I mean, usually when the open call is announced, uh, we know who the curator is, and we, you know, there are some sort of notes of a kind of thematic approach. But but a lot changes obviously between the between the window of the open call announcement and the the,
4: the final exhibition. Could I add something to that? Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, at Basic Spaces, we have a, a twin system, and we're kind of sceptical of both. Um, we do open call for things like residencies which have been really valuable in finding people we may not be aware of or may not be in official networks such as the Asylum Archive who we're working with right now. Um, but I think what the open call does and we, what we found quite restrictive is that it kind of shuts down long-term continuing projects or long-term ambitions um, that could be mutually beneficial. Um, so what we try to do and is we may invite artists as part of our education program and then develop those relationships and see how they run and see where we both can um, benefit their practice and maybe um, possibly do a later project, an exhibition, a, a pu- anything public. And I think that's where we, I find the open call quite restrictive. And it's also, um, it is a, a form of access where I don't think it's completely horizontal. It is people who have a certain knowledge of how those systems work. Mm. Um, and I think it is, um, even at the time it takes to apply for these things and the, the, the standard they're, they're set. But that's just my, yeah.
2: If, if you look at, um, I think there has been a slight shift, especially with Jenny, what you're talking about, the more kind of uh, public forums that are happening. Um, I've noticed a lot of the kind of funding streams or different things that you ac- apply for, um, there's a lot of funding towards public art programs yeah. and the kind of more educational model of um, uh, having artists involved with the community. Um, and there seems to be the shift in the funding through the Arts Council as well towards towards that. Is that something... Um, that you've noticed within your your practice or or working models? Because, I mean, a lot of time we are looking for funding to support our institutions or our projects.
4: I think definitely, sorry, but um, definitely for us, um, education and public programming has become uh, dominant out of a, probably, um, we're very interested, and this is something we're looking to move towards, but um, I think it's it's generally a shift within the, the whole art world that institutions are more interested because we work through collaborations with external institutions so our public program was funded through the Ulane, and I think it's both a drive for um, working with artists in different contexts uh, showing more uh, work that may not be finished but also it's an audience thing and I think institutions there is an an ambition there if it's right or wrong to um, increase um, audience numbers and I think public program is a lot easier to do that um, and show that, and reflect that in your Arts Council application.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the the artist-curator model is uh, quite prevalent now in Ireland. It's a lovely model, and, and quite often, um, you know, I, as a coordinator, i am working with an artist who is the curator of the project. So Jenny Guy, I'm not sure if she's here, I mean, she would be an example of an artist who's... Uh, got a small contribution to develop projects in the area and then she brings in artists who she's comfortable working with who who form a whole process so it's hugely value added um, uh, Brian Gregan is here also who's, who's working with um, who's bringing together young teenagers from different community groups and he's able to do that. He's kind of, you might say, embedded and this is growing slowly. This is a, a, a deep-rooting project. Um, so my job as creative coordinator, whatever, is probably to have that overview or that long-distance view. Okay, where do we think this might go so that it'll grow, grow well? Um, of course there 's a danger there as you think it 's forever it 's not forever, nothing 's forever um, but really it 's to to perhaps um, in, in a way our approach has been a constellation of approaches i don 't know is Louis here louis Oh, uh, louis is doing the, I mean again, we gave a tiny tiny phys- uh, financial contribution to his project, and he 's still on it what two years later, <laughs> something for better or for worse but when you're when you 're working with people in relation, it takes time. And, and and we did not know where he was going with the project, but we trusted him. And now and again, took an interest. And now it's becoming something really special to the point that really, um, at our last sort of little mini public seminar, it was the people with whom he works were introducing the project. Now that is, um, that is um, to me, that's important, you know. Um, so.
3: Um, yeah pub- i mean public programs i mean I, I i don't think we're driven or we don't have any imperatives to deliver public programs from a funding perspective necessarily um but public programs are indeed something that we, we we've we've done a, m- much more of in the current edition of the biannual and we'll continue to do um in in future editions and 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 that is both at, both an operational level in terms of like uh, appointing a dedicated producer of public programmes, but it's also in terms of you know, just the public programme activity itself. I mean, Eva's a particular case because it's a twelve-week programme that happens every two years. So one of our one of our sort of battles is how do we um, how do we uh, how do we develop projects that kind of exceed that 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 time frame and public programmes or or, or programmes that require a certain embeddedness or a certain um, length of engagement with uh, a particular community; th- these are things that we uh, we want to do more of. And, uh, and as we do more of that, of course, the um, um, th- th- this sense of Eva being contained within the 12 weeks is is, is going to become um, more porous and and, and, and and more extensive. And I'm and I'm very kind of open and excited about that. I think it's also. Um, the the, the one thing that we're also thinking about in terms of Eva at the moment is is actually just taking the focus away from the kind of exhibitionary um, and uh, using a slightly different kind of language to describe what it is we actually do and the the, the, the word that uh, I'm in favour of is to to introduce this word like encounter and really see Eva's Eva's role as a place of, 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 of creating kind of unique and kind of particular encounters between contemporary art um, uh, and, and, and a public and or a community. Um, and I think, I think that sort of changes somehow the sort of the, the balance or the sense of imperatives all the, all the way through, both in terms of our own sort of means and resources as an organization, but also in terms of um, artists and, and what artists might expect from a project like Eva.
4: I mean, I'm quite excited by the direction that Eva's going in, even with the the MA. I think that's a really um, powerful way to extend it beyond the 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. I suppose my background is youth-led education. Um, I co-founded Redbird Youth Collective with Maeve Mulrennan, an amazing person, in the Gowie Arts Centre. And that's been running for eight, nine years now. And sometimes it's a collection of 15 to uh, 25-year-olds, which is a strange age. Um, But... (laughs) But um, it's been a really... I um, so that's the founding of my practice and the direction I work towards. And sometimes they're quite silent and they're unseen and they're working in the backgrounds. It's grouped group between six to tw- 15 people at a time. And then they, co- they come to four and they have an exhibition or a talk. And it's been a wonderful device to ground a long-term community. It may not be a huge audience, but it's an audience that isn't served or a public that isn't served and these models of long-term public programming, and may, maybe not necessarily public, is um, a direction I'm really excited to see towards mm-hmm. moving, yeah.
2: Well, it does seem that there's, um, mm-hmm. the way the three of you are talking about it is that there's an imperative to really Im- embed yourself where you are, or within the kind of, both the local, the local community, but also a national, and a kind of an, an international platform mm-hmm. as well, that you're, um, Making models that are kind of prevalent throughout. Um, but how do people, or let's say artists, um, get access to being involved in these types of projects? Or um, is it usually a true invitation? Or how how do you? Because each of you kind of work differently in terms of your your models. Or how in, do you see it? Working? Invite me
4: for a coffee. Like honestly, like I I, I think that sometimes it's it's almost. Uh, it, it's too sanctified. It's too kind of precious. I think sometimes it, it, these things can start off with long-term conversations, or a coffee, or a, a cigarette outside. I think it's um, perhaps we've sheltered ourselves too much. But um, yeah, just a coffee for me. Anyone? But
3: but that's a network
4: too. And yeah, you would yeah, recognise
3: that, right? Thing, yeah. yeah.
4: Um, definitely. And I think there is. Um, um, for me, I, I see myself as as, as quite a. Approachable, but maybe that's not true. Maybe I have closed myself off, and certainly, but um, it is. I think it is tricky when there isn't specifically an open call. Mm. Where is the access point? And maybe Jenny could speak more about that.
5: Well, I mean, history will tell you. I mean, and even in uh, you know this year, artists have come together on particular projects and campaigns. You know. I mean, I, I, I was at a graduate exhibition in Wexford a couple of days ago. You know, and the question is, well, what next? These 10 students who are now artists, what happens next? You come together, you, you, you work in twos or threes, you get going. I mean, when I was at college, before we left college, um i studied art history uh we hadn't seen an artist for 3 years and i thought <laughs> this sort of art history, historical approach so we we organized an exhibition in a car park and we put it open and it went on for 3 years of called it exposure and um we just did it you know like you cannot wait for some be, you know for things to fall on your lap and and, and that gets back to to really um you know, uh, I, I don't know if you know um, Raina Maria Rilker's um, wonderful uh, letter to this young artist. The young artist wrote to a senior artist or curator and said, um, I don't know if my work is good enough. <laughs> is it good enough? And he was admonished by Rilke and really said, listen, you know, look inside yourself and if, if what you do is something that you say I must do, then do it. And, and you don't need somebody else to tell you whether it's good or not. So I think that if you're feeling any way tentative today, look inside yourself and do what you have to do and share it with with one other mate and it'll grow legs i mean they say with your first exhibition you know, your family and your friends come and then your then the wider network and so on and so forth it's a slow build you know and um we're here to to cheer you along the way
2: um yeah now, basic space was founded on that model yeah
4: right? and I was, I was going to speak to that that uh, there is Perhaps now a lacking of artist-led or artist-initiated spaces, and I think um, there there needs to be a space where the curator has less control. And I think for the early period or not, that um, we need to support larger infrastructure that allows artists to do their own thing, um, because then it just becomes this top-heavy system. Um, so I mean. It, when I started Basic Space, it was, it was a strange time because we had just lost our, our space in Marble Lane and we had to uh, re-envision what an independent space is without a studio space or without a permanent space that we can just experiment in. And I think that as well as I hope we've moved towards an equitable model, I think there needs to be spaces like that again. Um, and there's particularly people doing it in in, across the country, but Dublin, specifically, has become very unlivable, both.
5: Yeah, I I think I agree, absolutely, but I also think when we look at our third level, um, I mean, when I go back to the show I saw two days ago, it was an exhibition. Come on, guys. Yeah. You know there have to be other routes uh, that you are assessed by, uh, and for a long time in other countries you know it 's been the curatorial route, so you can do your thesis or you can do your your exhibition or you can do your project. so we need much greater flexibility in the educational system um, you know, um, re, you know, and, and you have the time because you 're in college for two or three years, so you have time to do that, so I think that we 're cutting ourselves short a little bit. Um, I just want to. I
3: want to just add that to what you're saying. Um. <laughs> so hang on a minute. I just want to want to step through some of the things that we've just been talking about. Okay. Um, uh, we, we were talking about sort of access uh, for, for for artists, and then I thought Daniel's point was a very good one in terms of actually almost saying that actually curators we need to relinquish some of our power, actually. A lot of it. A lot of it. Um, and uh, and, I, th- and I, th- I think that's, that's really crucial. But, but in a way, the paradox is that we get kind of invited to do things like this, right? Yeah. As curators. And we are still somehow seen as curators to be, to, to be gatekeepers or to be people that can kind of create, create particular opportunities. So in a way, that's that's our that's our predicament, right? Yeah. So how do you how do, how do you begin to dismantle that, and how do you dismantle that kind of with art and with artists? I think is kind of a crucial uh, crucial question. I mean, to, it's a sort of it's a different response from me in a way because I mean, I've I've always like both both in Eva, but also in like, in sort of other work, I've always been a sort of thematic thinker. So actually, th- my way of researching uh, art and the way of researching artists has been very much driven by sort of th- thematic um, interests, and that sort of ends up taking you down all sorts of unlikely routes that actually often sort of contradict the, you know, I guess the, you know, the regular routes of like curatorial research. So for me, it's like thematics and um, are uh, sort of, in a way, that, that, that's, my, that's my way through. That's my kind of motor of, like, curatorial research. And that, I think, and I would argue, creates a certain kind of access for a certain kind of practice.
2: Um, yeah. But, uh, but as your role as director of EVA, then, has that not shifted? Because it's a different it's a well, different it's, it's always It always
3: has been a kind of collaborative role. And I think, actually... W- w- one of the things, um, you know, I'm, I'm director and I'm, I'm involved in a sort of working with a guest curator that's appointed for each edition. And I think one of the things that we can certainly um, do more of is is thinking about the ways that those guest curators are, are interacted with the arts infrastructure here in Ireland. Um, how to do... I mean, the open call is one way of doing that, but, but there's also, there is also something called curatorial research, and maybe we shouldn't be too shy about that either, and that the good curators actually make it in their interest to, to, to see art and to actually... Um, to um, take unlikely roads of artistic inquiry. I mean, this is what good curators do, um, and, I, and I think that's, that's becoming increasingly imperative upon them. Um, but I think you know, as Eva's director, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at a process of thinking of, like, well, how do we... Is there a way of structuring um, a period of research, for instance, so instead of the guest curator sort of, fly, you know, flying into Ireland, kind of occasionally through a two-year development cycle, is there a way of kind of embedding them a little bit more deeply within the arts infrastructure here? Is there a way of them working in a, in a perhaps even a, in, in a sort of more mentorship capacity with some of the artists that uh, uh, we're looking to develop projects with. Th- there are there are other there are other ways. Um,
2: um, yeah. I, I think I guess that's a nice um, in terms of your position to have that. It's kind of a luxury to have that space to do that amount of research as well, which is because, sure. um, let's say, within, an, in, within a gallery context, there's always this pressure to... Uh, you're looking towards your next Arts Council deadline and you're producing shows in, in that kind of cycle. Or, or um, you know, it's certain models where you have that time for research over a two-year period is really, I think, crucial. And that's something that we're... Uh, curators have a lack of time in terms of doing extensive research in certain topics but
5: yeah, yeah. i am just going to add what you were saying about um working with curators in advance um i remember a project we did in fingal um and i there were three curators <coughs> on the panel um tearson from uh public rotterdam uh, michael menace an artist uh practicing artist and shun hanrahan um a theoretician and cur- curator in her own right um, so I decided I, uh, we will bring them together, we will bring them around the area in which they are. it's their, their job to select a project, an artist, or artists. Um, so we spent quite a while meeting people who live in the area, work in the area, uh, getting to understand the socio-economic political context and framework in which they are uh, going to undertake this work. And that was, I think... And and then following that, we then, we we organised a public event where they, as curators, sat here in front of the people who live in the area to explain their methods. And I I think that was unnerving for us all, but I think it was a useful part of the process. Now, um, the work that was selected was actually in the Liverpool Biennale, at least the artist was in the Liverpool Biennale, was Tatsuru Bashi. Uh, he was one of the artists of four. There was an American, a uh, uh, Japanese, English and Irish. <laughs> um, and then we worked on those projects over four years. Uh, but I think from the curatorial perspective, it was very rich. Um, and um, I, where where we could have um, had perhaps more provision would be for the creators to continue the relationship with the artists that were selected. And I, I think, uh, I mean, Caroline Cowley in, in Fingal does fantastic work working with curators, but there's a point where you have to say, okay, that's it. And I think that's sometimes unfair for some of the artists, because you've got something going. I don't know how we handle that. I think in the In Norway, they have um, a very, very good uh, system, which is worth looking at, where the one phone call uh, a year is made by the Department of Finance to the public art organisation. And in that one phone call, they transfer all the public art funds available in the country for that year. There's a central unit. They work with 30 curators, at least 30 curators. And they work locally right around the country. so it's a very different system. I think it's actually something that could work we, we might look at here um, but they they're, and they're fully paid curators to work um, throughout the process. The French system is also different uh, and we can look at that one as well where where the community is choosing the curator and the curator comes informing with a range of possible ways of working with artists and then the local people who are going to be you know, having it for the future, they then decide to continue with the curator or not. Um, so, so, th- so there's different models here um, that, w- that we in Ireland are quite young in the game on.
4: I, I suppose the, f- the funding model, I find, is uh, quite restrictive to anything that is open-ended or that could be embedded. And I think that restricts There's, as you said, there's kind of a cycle when you're running a space that you just need to keep on getting the next thing and then developing a different project, where I think that what we're missing in the conversation is uh, what artists are getting opportunities. Um, Like you mentioned, research is really important from a curatorial perspective, but it's what curators are doing that research and then what artists get invited. So still to this day, I think Ireland is still overwhelmingly a very monolithic space um, and there's a certain type of artist gets shown, and shown a lot. And I think that to change that system, first I think it needs to be funding, but also I think it needs to change who is curating yes. and who's given the opportunity to... I mean, it's, I don't make money. Um, it, it's free. I live at home. Um, it's, it's, so it's like one of those things where it's whoever can last the longest or who has the most privileged, and then therefore they work with artists who look like them which I find. And I think there needs to be a model where um, curators are allowed to work with their own communities or work with their artists who are from that community, such as we are currently working with the Asylum Archive, um, Vokishin Nebludzhek, who, um, through our residency program, and he's working with local um, people in the asylum process and direct provision in the Dublin north central area. And that, for me, is where the opportunity is being created is that we just hand it over to um, Vokushin and he can program what he thinks is appropriate. Because I don't think the creator can claim to know everything about a certain project. And I think it's important that we give some authority to artists and the community they're looking to serve. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
3: I mean, it's also, it's also just worth saying something kind of quite obvious, which is that... You know, institutions and galleries. Don't, you don't need curators. I mean, curators are a, a very particular kind of position, and they can they they can take a project and move it sideways or take off in a certain direction. But you you don't an institution fundamentally doesn't need a curator to, to 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 create these programs.
2: Is is that why you shifted? Let's say you said your your new public programmer is going to be a producer rather than a curator of public programs. It's a producer of public programs. Is that? shifting the model slightly towards
3: well, that. N- n- not quite for the, not quite for those reasons. I mean the, the, the public program producer is, is, is I mean the, the, the way that I'm, the, the way that I'm thinking of Eva's future model and as I said, this is still going through a, a kind of a, a, a strategic uh, re- development phase is that we will develop like an, like an overarching artistic framework. And within that there will be guest curated elements and then there will be other activities that we initiate directly as an organization or in partnership with other organizations um, and community groups locally, nationally and internationally. So it will be a much more sort of hybrid framework. That's what that's what I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of looking at. And so actually by by by, by referring to a public program producer, you just um, you're really just sort of not it's, it's really about just sort of not denouncing the curator but it's actually just um, give, giving that role just much more sort of um, uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a different charge basically there's going to be a number of different people that are all contributing to the overall artistic framework so there's less a kind of singular curatorial um, figure at the head of it all
2: so I th- We've got about 15 minutes left. Should we open it up to the floor, and uh, if anybody's got any questions?
6: Yeah, the, the open call, um, I think it can be very restrictive because you're rather going on content, because mm. behind the content you have context and research, and you're trying to explain a story or a situation about a community, and to put a, a paint well, on the painter, so to put a painting in front mm. of a, a public audience. They're only reading the painting, you know. They're seeing it as for what, what it may be. Mm. But, I mean, there's context and research, and there's a story attached to that that has significance that's not being read. So the Yamba competition is very restrictive to the viewer as to how to read it in the true context, you know.
3: Yeah, sure. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, but that's, that, that, that's both an access question and a curatorial one, in a way. I think it, it would be a curatorial question to figure out how you can present that work, for, inst- for instance, um, in an informed context. But, it, but it's an access issue because I think a lot of work that requires um, quite lengthy or elaborate contextual information is just being squeezed through a very narrow channel and a very narrow template of you know the open call system and i mean i'm interested in changing
6: both of those things yeah just to add to that i think that it restricts the person or the artist from putting that that forward as a as an open competition because you, you know sometimes you just want to tell the whole story you just don't want this there's, there's a bit of a, there's a picture or a painting sure you know, you know like you don't want to do that because you want to keep the whole thing together mm. you know because you want to inform the viewer, we also want whoever you're representing to be properly um, represented, rather than just a piece, you know, as uh, this is a real nice piece, we give you that, but mm. it's, you're not giving the truth then, and then, like it's, for me, the a conscious effort, I wouldn't be able to um, contribute to any open competition if I was given that. It would restrict me to entering anything mm. if it's not gonna give the whole thing as, as, as one piece. Mm.
2: I'm just wondering, do the members of the panel have any watch out for us or tips for artists in terms of approaching ye as individuals or the organizations that you get a chance to work with? Because there can be, I do get a chance to work as a curator. I deliberately call myself as a curator and collaborator to have to indicate that level of porous and openness um, and subversion as well. But there can be scenarios of expectation and dependency and you do find yourself in scenarios of almost an elevator pitch. And I was just wondering if you had any advice for artists here or curators on that one.
5: Okay, I, 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 I have an objection about, to giving you advice. <laughs> but I, I just want to let you know that I'm independent. Um, I, I work independent to any organisation, so that's terribly important for me as a, who works in the curatorial area. <clears throat> um, uh, My work is art-centred, rather than institutional delivery. Um, And um, being active in opening out democracy, uh, those are points that if anybody wants to talk me a touch any of those, that's great. I remember bringing together a project around the former borders of Yugoslavia, and it was really open to any artist who was willing to travel on a bus. whether they did any intention of what they were going to do or not in fact if they didn't have an intention that was great they were traveling with an open mind uh, i think michelle rogers was one of the artists and then paul paul hayes the composer um but uh that intre- i have to be interested i'm afraid in in what's happening um i i, I it's impossible for me to work where where I, I'm, I'm not uh, somehow um, engaged uh, philosophical or thoughtful level so that's me. No tips there, but just just sharing.
4: I suppose as, as an, an emerging practitioner, um, I'd be slightly apprehensive of giving advice because I don't think I can even advise myself. Um, but what I would say is I have a certain set of interests, like Jenny said, um, and there's a certain set of outcomes I'm looking towards, but that doesn't define... Um, so like, like you said, don't... I think a pitch sometimes can be a bit forced. And long-term... Uh, conversations and approaching curators and other artists, ab- just about what you're you're interested in and what you think I may be interested in, rather than uh, uh, immediately approach me and you know try and get an exhibition or whatever. Um, and I think t- t- be open to collaboration and be open to the idea that uh, that there may be a shifting, changing outcome that we don't either of us don't know about. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean. As I keep saying, I mean, we're going through a kind of strategic development phase at the moment, so it's probably easy for me to respond to this, in, you know, as an, as, as an independent curator. Um, and I, I I think, for instance, Tolco uh, last year, you know, was a project that had a very particular sort of thematic approach, and I did my best to sort of be quite sort of public about that, actually during the kind of curatorial development phase. So I think... It's it's not not advice, but I think artists should should think of curators as as, as kind of allies. Um, They're not people that you need to impress or pass through. They're allies. And so I think researching curators that sort of chime with your your own inquiries or your own research and making contact with them quite openly and good curators that are interested in that research... We'll, we'll hear you out. So, again, it's not advice, but, um, but, 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 but yeah, I, I would certainly encourage artists to understand that the, the, the curator is not a kind of monolithic figure. They're, they're people with very specific interests, usually. Find out what those interests are and pursue them.
2: I guess just to echo what Matt said, um, I think once artists need to do research as well about curatorial practice. I guess we I'd call it a practice. Um, and we all have our key areas of interest that we're kind of researching. Or, But you can kind of get a sense when you look at uh, look at uh, the history of a curator or the type of exhibitions they're interested or that they curate, then you kind of get a sense if their practice would fit in with your practice or there's certain uh, levels of connections and things like that. And so, yeah, I think th- we are... Just to say and repeat what Matt said, we're very approachable. I think usually I'm, I get a lot of emails from people and I'm quite open to you know, looking at people's work and uh, going from there and starting a conversation.
7: Um, I just have two points to um, say. One of them was when the Norwegian uh, curatorial practice was pointed out, um, having worked in Norway quite a few times, I think that their financial means for the curators is not so great. Everything is very... Um, with being actual personal friends with both artists and curators there they put themselves in the same heading to get the funding also, they apply for funding, giving a specific show, just say a painting or drawing show, and don 't actually use that money for that show and it 's a very it sounds very nice on the surface, but while working there it 's actually extremely difficult, even if you're not in the main mainstream work field. Uh, coming as a performance artist, it is very difficult to work there. And most performance artists there actually would call themselves a performance artist second, and maybe a drawer or a painter first. Um, and then with the, something that Mary said that I thought was very good was the, how much do you want to embed yourself in the, compu- in the community? Um, I think, you know, idealistically it would be great to devote four years of my life to a project but then there's the realistic thing that how am I financially going to do that unless I get completely supported and I, as a young artist now, I find the amount that you invest yourself in the community over a small amount of time, like actually relocating yourself and living with a family in this area for a week, two weeks and making work there um, can really open new ways, living with the curator's family, you know, cousins, uncles, all this sort of stuff. And uh, I think that is another way of kind of like, um, fast forwarding a bit and seeing how, especially for young artists who don't get, or artists of all, all ages, emerging artists, who don't have a huge amount of funding, that I think that this sort of uh, shorter embedding into the community is quite nice. Um,
5: Yes, I, I agree. I think it's it's um, now. I think we have some artists working in Grange government. We, we we probably don't see, but they're still working on their work. Uh, they are, I know. Um, but it's not about meeting people. It's a very private process. And I think it's it's from. So if there's a the tip here, from your perspective as an artist, to be very clear uh, as to your intent, what you can do, what you can, what you're not willing to do. And we certainly don't require people to engage in, in, in developing relationships. It's really back to the intent of what you're doing, um, and I, I, you know, so so I think we've taken a sort of constellation of approaches in that sense. Some people are very engaged; they have to be. Um, others, it's very very private affair, and um, they might have started two years ago, but they're, they're small amounts of time. I think we are in an age where you probably find yourself doing three or four or five different projects over six to eight months anyhow. So, you know, if you apply for one thing and you don't get it or you do get it, keep applying. You've just got to keep applying. It's this kind of a scattergun approach. Um, uh, you know, so just, unfortunately, we're all doing lots of jobs. When I work as an independent person, you know, people think, well, I'm part-time in that job. Surely I have lots of time to do other things. I don't because I'm doing other work elsewhere. Um, so time is finite and I think your, your point is well made um, be very clear what's you and that's what we want, we don't want you to, to live, we want you to become so uh, to me, you know you are, you are unique, what, what is it that you are bringing that um, and don't, don't, not to lose sight or dilute that because you feel there's something else that is needed um, Yeah.
1: I think I've got time for one more question which I saw over here Okay. <laughs>
5: um, sorry, mine was very simple, mine was just about the, um, the point you made about relinquishing a bit of control as a curator, um, I, I don't know, is, is it better to maybe share the control rather than, sorry, is it better to share the control rather than relinquish it, uh, the curator is kind of, kind of a director, it's like a film without a director, there's no curator, um, and to bring back the idea of the collective to work as a group. That's just my question. Would that is that is that what what you had in mind?
3: Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just arguing for a much more sort of collegiate a, 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 a approach um, to you know to artistic and curatorial relations. You know, the, the, they're, they're allies, and they have in the best examples of like artistic relationships that I can think of. You know. It's it's developed over time. It's developed very mutually. Um, It's it's been a relationship of kind of trust. Um, There have been no, um, uh, you know, you know, there's there's nothing untoward in terms of like financial reimbursement. It's been it's 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 been it's been managed. You know, like this is this is what I think should symbolise like good artist curatorial relations, and I think maybe maybe what you're what we're hearing a little bit, and what we're kind of responding to, perhaps quite defensively, is this sort of suggestion that as curators we are somehow the the brokers of opportunity, and I guess that's that makes me certainly feel very uncomfortable, and I just don't think is that 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 is truly
4: representative. I think it's a point to make that uh, we're also looking for our own opportunities. Um, <laughs> and I think it, it, for me, I work with artists to develop that mutually. And I think it's very important to develop your own network and your own collective of people around you that you can mutually move forward or mutually achieve products that you wouldn't do, uh, do otherwise. So, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, that's what, all we have for today. Thanks to everyone for coming. I want to thank the panel as well. And thanks VAI for hosting